Hello dear listener and welcome back to Immature Themes. My name is Tara and this is episode 3. So it's the third time that I bother my most knowledgeable music friends and I ask them to pick um, the songs that they would choose based on a specific theme. So the theme this month was um, songs that encapsulate getting older, songs about getting older, aging, um, because it was my birthday and that was sort of the feeling that we went with. And then we've got a back pocket theme that is about uh, your favorite covers that sound nothing like the original, which is really hard because I have a giant covers playlist, but they all kind of sound like the original. So um, anyways, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. All right. Well, the theme, I, I actually struggled with this theme this, I was going to say this week, but it's not like a, well, this episode's theme, um, even though I came up with it, I had a hard time trying to think of things. And then I couldn't remember the rules to my own game. Do I have to play if I choose the theme? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's right. the way it's I mean, always it, been. It's okay. not like a, do you have to do anything, but it's like, we got to get content for the podcast. So we need all four of us. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Also, uh, you could just yeah. pick a zinger and then be like, oh, I don't have to choose a song anyway. So. True. Yeah. Anyways, I was doing some research this morning and I wrote on my uh, week old Irish newspaper. So the theme is songs about aging or growing older and picked this theme because Connor and I are aging in the coming days. We're all aging every day, Tara. (laughs) But it is our birthdays in a couple of days. Uh, Connor's birthday is the day before mine. Yay! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, guys! Um, so did you guys struggle with this theme at all or was I just really overthinking it? No, this one was easier than any, any previous. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. In before, everyone just picked Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> what, did we all pick that? <laughs> cats in the Cradle, bye! <laughs> um, go first. <laughs> yeah, go first. Well, Greer, go no, first. No. As you said, it was oh, so joking. easy. I'm only joking. No, go ahead. Someone else. <laughs> oh really like i wasn't prepared um, you, tara you go first you were on the roll there tara all right okay so the one that immediately came to mind was um blink 182's damn it because like that's the hook now yeah. um but then i felt like that was sort of a a bit of a cop-out um so why I, the reason i struggled with it was because i kept getting like the idea of aging and nostalgia sort of mixed together Mm. So I think I had a good song and then I'd actually listen to the lyrics and I'd be like, oh, this is more of a like nostalgic feeling than like it's I would a- I would allow that. I think that's in the wheelhouse enough. It, it could yeah. be. It was it about being younger? So the one which is like probably my all time favorite song is um, the jams that's entertainment. But, uh, yeah, but it's not really but it just captures like a no, certain God, no. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was listening to it. And Great like, song, oh. though. So good and it's so yeah, good. it really reminds me of like living in england as well i really like it but Is it, um, isn't it more about entertainment than uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you listen closely to the jams that's entertainment you can actually discover the real theme of the song which is entertainment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's nothing to do with jam oh, how do they do it how do they do it but it is funny because I went down the same rabbit hole, Tara. I was like, oh, yeah? oh, this is so easy. And then I was like, realized I came at it originally from the perspective of like, this is, oh, to me, songs that I hear now. And I'm like, oh, shit, I've aged. Because that I was like really young when that came out. Mm. So I had to mm. like revise my list. I know it's hard because it's like, it's, it's, it's distinguishing the difference between what the song is about and what the meaning that you put on the song or something. It's almost like you are all thinking of songs that make you feel old because they're about being young. You should be <laughs> thinking about songs that make you think young, make you feel young because they're about being old. I, you lost me. <laughs> I lost myself. <laughs> um, all right. Well, the one that I went for in the end, well, oh, also the reason the Blink-182 one came into mind is because uh, Kevin Morby covered it on one of his live things and it was really funny. Yeah. So Tara, um, sorry, just to clarify, what Blink-182? It's not the one where he's like, what's my age again? No, it was, it's damn it. Oh, what's my age again? That kind of works too. It right? does kind of but work as well. Damn it's got, just got that one line in it, right? Where it's like, I guess this is growing up. I got okay. the lyrics here, actually. Okay. Hold on. 
Uh, it's all right to tell me what you think about me. Oh, God. Um, but then also it, it makes me feel very much like a teenager when I listen to... I don't know why I'm looking this up. Yes, the one line is, well, I guess this is growing up. <laughs> okay, so that, that's pretty, pretty clear. <laughs> it's pretty on the nose, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you just playing Pop Goes just, the Weasel? I was trying to play Damn It. It's just, uh... That sounded like Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, right. Oh, it's that one. Okay. Yeah. Good to have the accompaniment because I didn't know what it was. No? <laughs> we played it, yeah. If you listen to it, yeah. You just, do you know it now? Yeah. Yeah. Legally, all we're allowed to do is have Connor give like slightly off renditions on the piano. I mean, I definitely thought you were doing that. Which also makes us feel young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a Stone Cold classic. <laughs> oh wow you both went for air drums right away there naturally naturally you can't um, rock out any other way <laughs> yeah air guitar there's no air drum content air guitars like but air drums like you can really really get the body moving i like that you have so many <laughs> do you have like a whole drum set around you in your imagination yeah it's like kind of i'm in like a sphere <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's if you take Neil Peart's setup and just like double it, so it's like one of those cages at the circus that a guy goes around on a motorbike, except for it's all drums. <laughs> you get you get Neil Peart's setup and Tommy Lee's setup, and then you just throw them at each other, yeah. and then the, yeah, the voila. That's how you weld steel, <laughs> and that. Is how the big bang happened. <laughs> I like leaving these pauses because you guys just keep filling them with absolute nonsense. Uh, yeah, this is this is podcast gold, Tara. Don't encourage us. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I'll do my my actual pick that I went for. Then was um, Montezuma by the Fleet Foxes. So I really oh. like that song, and it starts with the lyrics of uh, I have these too. Um, uh, that he's the age that his mother. Uh, so I'm now older than my mother and father when they had their daughter. What does it say about me? Um, so it's kind of about aging and a little bit about um, having a, a more meaningful life, I think. Or not working for the grind. That's what I take from the song anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. I used to listen to it a lot when I lived in Quark. Yeah, he's kind of lamenting something there in that tune, I feel. <laughs> he's lamenting something there, thanks, Claire. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, I mean, his like, current circumstances lost youth. Yeah, it's like he's, like, wanting to work in know. an orchard or on the land again or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, so he's lamenting a different choice in life, which I interpret as growing older. Yeah. So it's not about diarrhea, No. How can you really call a song Montezuma without like everyone just thinking of Montezuma's Revenge? I don't know what you're talking about. Montezuma's I Revenge is a slang term for traveler's diarrhea. What? Is it? That's, what? Did you just make that up? Wait, wait start, Google I it. I didn't hear that right. Montezuma's Revenge is a slang term for traveler's diarrhea. Where, where does that come from? Uh, don't say butthole. I never heard that phrase. Is Named it? for Montezuma, the last Aztec ruler before the empire was conquered by the Spanish. This condition is seen as retribution for the slaughter and enslavement of the Aztec people by Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortes. Nice pronunciation. Um, I think it's uh, it's maybe like a, a Mexican-specific slide. Apparently, it's diarrhea experienced by tourists after drinking water or eating food specifically in Mexico. Okay, I have heard of that. But, yeah, because I what I thought you were saying was not like I thought you were saying travelers in the Irish sense. Yeah, or exactly. Holidays. But when it's followed by the term diarrhea, does it not give you? That's why like, we were all so confused. Yeah. You never heard the term travelers diarrhea? Like deli belly. I did actually get um, when I was in Mexico. I got I got food poisoning. Um, yeah, it was good fun, and I was in this dorm room and it opened up out into a courtyard but like it was kind of open because it's so so hot but my door my bed was like right by this courtyard 
and I'm like really feeling bad. And they start up this like dance lesson out in the courtyard and I'm trying to get some kip and like trying my best not to throw up. And I had to like actually run. The bathroom was actually the other side of the courtyard. So I had to like get up, like stumble through these dancers. Did you dance your way through? Yeah, to get to the bathroom to like start ralphing. And like, <laughs> it was so so, And then it was Montezuma and everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, wow. I saw the humor in it, even though I felt like crap. Anyway. You only stay in hotels now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you Don't. seen this man? He sleeps everywhere. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Um, but Montezuma also reminds me of growing older and aging because that's where I spent my 30th birthday, Montezuma in yeah. Costa Rica. Is there a place called Montezuma in, in Costa Rica? Yeah, it's a small little beach town and there's this waterfall. On the, On the west uh, coast? Uh, the south, southwest. Yeah, okay. I didn't go there. All right. I deliberately went there because I like this song and I really like um, Grinderman's uh, The Palaces of Montezuma. And there's a lot of Montezumas in the world. I think I Googled where there was one. And that was when I was bad, uh, mad into my mission of getting um, 30 countries by the time I was 30 and I needed three. So I went to Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Panama in a week. Nice. Yeah. Heidi. COVID-19 must be screwing up your 40 by 40. <laughs> no, I, I kind of got over it once you hit. Although I would have actually with Japan, it would have been 34 this year. So I would have kept going. But um, you've done alas, Vietnam before. We, yeah, I've been to Vietnam before. But alas, uh, we did not go to Japan because we are stuck in our houses. Yeah. Maybe oh, I right. should do 100, 100 by 50. Maybe that's a decent call. Okay. Well, at least you like own houses and stuff. It was like my, it was a few of my friends and I were turning 30 and we were like, we're single. We don't have anything that's valuable. <laughs> like, we're like just working. We don't own property or have children. Let's try and go to 30 places by the time we're 30 or 30 countries, not places. But. Yeah. We don't any, own any property. Don't own any children. It's, it's no pets. Else. Like, and just do it. So yeah, I spent uh my 30th on the beach on my own and then i got beers and sat and drank them back at the this rooftop hostel or jungle hostel thingy where you could hear monkeys it was very fun nice yeah. nice um, all right well from that cheery anecdote uh <laughs> let me uh let me introduce my selection um right. just remember it's your birthday too so you can be cheery as well do you want to go oh. next gunner Sure, I'll go next. <laughs> Is that all right, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> I just saw the segue and I took it, man. No, no, um, it's good. It's good. So my song is a song by Ewan McCall. Do you know Ewan McCall? No. Nope. Um, he was uh, Kirsty McCall's dad. You know Kirsty McCall, who um, sang in the fairy tale in New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, she died by getting hit by a jet ski while she was in water. Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Trying to save her two sons. Which I think she did. No. Nope. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Boating accident. Pretty. I always think about that when I'm like out around boats. Was Jeff Buckley one of her sons? No. <laughs> no, she saved her sons. Uh, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> she <laughs> was Jeff sorry. Buckley. My, my mistake. Um, <laughs> And he also did, um, he didn't write Dirty Old Town, did he? Um, he he wrote, um, you know, that song, The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face? Yeah. Um, he wrote Dirty Old, Old Town as well. So, you know, he, he's got a... He's got for a him. <laughs> some, Was he in a band or is he solo? Or? Just, just himself. Um, Who, whose version of Dirty Old Town would I be more most familiar with? I would have said the Pogues. Yeah. They sing it? Okay. Uh, or it's the Pogues also, who with... Were, who was it? The, uh, the Dubliners? Ronnie Drew, Maybe. the Dubliners. Yeah, I think yeah. they originally did it. Yeah, I think they, they're, that might be even more famous version. Yeah. But anyway. It might be them both together. But anyway, so um, this song is got a wonderful intersection of like heartfelt father-son relationships. And... Uh, What's it called? Uh, it's called My Old Man. Uh, it's kind of in intersection of this like heartfelt stuff with like 
kind of uh, revolutionary communist politics. Uh, so it's really right up my alley. Um, so it's no, you're you know, becoming quite the cliche, Connor. Uh, listen, you know, I've I found my rut and I'm sticking to it. Um, keep digging. So it's uh, like each verse is like, My old man was a good old man, was the start of it, and you know, the, he's talking about his dad, his dad was uh, worked in molding, worked in this iron foundry. And the first verse was like this, and then the you know, the second verse, he's like, you know, he's loyal to his workmates, you know, gave his payback to his wife. Yeah, that was my old man. Third verse, he's like, yeah, he was in the union, you know, he understood the system, his wise the boss's ways. And then he's talking about him getting like laid off and losing his job and being on the dole and um, dying and just being like grown older and kind of losing his job and losing his kind of place in the world and dying. And then the final verse is like him. Now he's like, my old man's dead and gone. Now I'm your old man. He's talking to his son and he's like telling his son to like, basically, you know, be, be in unions and like all these like life lessons from his dad. So it's like, it's a really good song. Um, I can't really do it justice. And it's like, it's the, the weirdest song about like, being in a union that always makes me want to cry. Um, yeah, it's really good. And it's fucking not on Spotify. So oh. I'll send you this, uh, I'll send you this YouTube link. Yeah. But YouTube. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to listen to that as long as it doesn't make me cry too. Oh, can't guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went down a rabbit hole recently. I was listening to the Chieftains last night and then like I was looking up speaking of who wrote stuff and like especially all irish tunes which were covered by different irish bands and whatnot i was listening to um what well, uh the band played waltz and matilda which i know the post version best of best of all and maybe it's the definitive version now but i always loved it and i was thinking i don't know i have any clue who wrote this like so <laughs> i looked it up and it turns out it's this um this uh, Australian lad who just wrote it as a folk song and it ended up being covered. Um, it, it came, it became sort of popular. It was probably around the time of whatever political uh, anti-war sort of thing going on, um, maybe in the UK. So it got, it got big there, probably around the time when the Pogues were living, London, all the rest. And there's actually Dubliners, uh, and different Irish musicians covers of it as well. So there you go. How does that work with old songs like that? Would the Dubliners have made any money off it then? Or does the original guy get the money? Oh, I feel right. like back in the day, like a lot of those folk songs were like old. They were just swapped or, around and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some of them were so ancient that. It Nobody owned them. Or I guess they were public domain then or something. Yeah. There's, there's kind of two, two ways. Whenever you, and it was kind of easier, simpler back in the day with like, album sales um but there's like two types of uh like licensing fees or royalties so there's the like the mechanical license and the songwriting license so essentially basically when you record a cd and if you cover a song on it some money goes to the original artist and some money goes to the person on the recording some like some money goes to the composer and some money goes to who recorded and produced it but and also yeah a lot of those old folk songs were not in the public domain but i think what you get there's people like there was that guy the american guy can never remember his name who would documented all the folk songs and he might have but i'm not sure if he ended up copywriting them but you'll find that like there's certain people's names are associated with loads of loads of these songs because just they were the first person to like take these songs which were passed kind of orally and um like no, like notate them or like copyright them or something like this but i don't know if they ended up taking money for it somehow standardized them or something yeah or yeah um i think warner brothers actually owns happy birthday now it's <laughs> it, 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 universal it, it, or some one of those guys i don't know yeah i think so the, i think changed. it only it only came um that they fell out of copyright like last year oh right it just came up again like that what, happy birthday? Yeah. 
And now, because that's why you never hear people sing happy birthday in movies and TV shows. Yeah, that's why Stevie Wonder wrote that mm-hmm. song. The happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, that's just taken over now. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nicer version. It's like more festive and upbeat. Right. Is nice that what you want to hear this week? I was just going to say, this is a nice little roundabout. <laughs> we started at birthdays and now we're back. Maybe you should have wrote like happy Christmas instead if it's that festive. Might have worked better. Yeah, but fe- Christmas festive is different. Like, although I did try and use the word jolly about a mug at work that had a beach scene on it, and I was like yelled at. I was like, "This is a very jolly mug," and apparently, the word jolly is only associated with Christmas, whereas yeah. I interpreted it as like it just means like happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you were. I think you were talking to some idiots there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Anya, would you like to go next? What was your, sure. bring your notes out there. I went with uh, Once in a Lifetime from Talking Heads. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I was like, because I was having a really shit week. And I was just like, how did I get here? And I had been <laughs> listening to it. So I was like, after I got out of my rabbit hole of like, feel good songs from my youth, I was like, oh, of course, this one. Um, <laughs> Just because I was like, I was like, I did not expect after working so hard for so long that I would now be working harder. <laughs> Thirty-six, sad oh life we all have. <laughs> oh my god! I want to. Can uh, can we take that as a song lyric? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine after working hard all my life I'd be working harder. Yes. Uh, Amazing. That's um, are you okay on you. It's bloody true though. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I said to my boss recently, I was like, I, I'm just getting great experience for a job and career directory that I don't want. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, anyway. Yeah, it's been, I've been doing a lot of work lately. I'm working on a project that's just eating up my soul. Like, I know you were working for like 3 a.m. recently. On a Sunday night because I'd oh, said wow. to our CFO, yeah, I'll have that done by Monday. And then it was like, recalculating stuff day after day after day for years and uh it just took way longer so i like had a meltdown and i was like i can do this like watch tv and like worked until 3 a.m got up at 8 went back to work so it's just been like really long days so i was like that's a very appropriate song did it cheer you up or did it did it just make you realize how long your days are uh yeah well like i i was listening to the song and then just kind of went listening to a bunch of talking heads but i mean that's always good yeah and my other my other honorable mentions were um healthy aged from pulp because i love pulp and grandma's hand they're withers what was the second what was the second grandma's hands okay you're not gonna say the the petty casey version of that song no is there one he, he does like a little medley in, in a song where he starts singing Grandma Sands a little bit. I don't think I know that one. I haven't listened to too much Bill Weathers outside of like the two or three top hits, you know? Yeah, it's why he passed away recently too. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Oh, Bill. I didn't Bill. even know Patty Casey did a version. Yeah. Well, sorry, you had to find out this way. <laughs> I think it was on those um, albums back in the day, like uh, Even Better Than The Real Thing. Oh, that Today FM used to do. His yeah, voice just fucking annoys the shit out of me. Here, here, listen, lads. Maybe hold your tongue until before I reveal my uh, my follow up theme, which is what's your favorite Patty Casey song? <laughs> I actually don't know if I know what are any of his songs. I have no idea who he is. Oh, we had that oh, one. Shut up, Connor. You know who. He I know is. the name, but I like I don't know. Do yeah, I know his face. Like, oh man, I saw him play far too many times because he's uh, always would. playing Clarny. And like always at the festivals and stuff. I got chatted up by him once. And Did you really? I, I didn't know who he was. He came well, up to me got, you've got the best chat up stories. He came up Are to me. Are you like, sorry, mate, you're no Robert Sheehan? <laughs> <laughs> no, he came up to me in the smoking area in Wheelands. And he was talking, but he was like, here, I'm not a tall person. He seemed like really small. Maybe I was wearing heels, but I was still like. Ah, he is like, small. Like, he, he was is. like, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, Yes, even though I didn't. But oh, he was just cool. like a twerp. He is like a really, when I hear him, like even when, before I ever spoke to him in person, like when you hear his voice on songs, you know when, you know like in 
films where someone gets shrunk and their voice becomes like, that's kind of what his voice like in the only film that that happens in, it's like, honey, I shrunk the kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Already small guy gets shrunk. Honey, I shrunk Patty Casey. Yeah. Yeah. This can only be heard by dogs. It's like, why are you so short? Well, I was shrunk a little and he's like 5'1". I was like, I was 5'4", and then the shrunk would be just a little more. Yeah. <laughs> he's... <laughs> Wow. Well, at what point did you realize it was Paddy Casey, though? Or did you figure it out after? I didn't or did know. He Someone told me when I went back to the table, they were like, that's Paddy Casey. And I was like, oh. And you were like, who? <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the pers- <laughs> like, how many women regret like hooking up with Paddy Casey in that brief moment when he was famous. Probably still- not that many. Not that many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like he has much game, to be fair. <laughs> It's like, fuck's sake, I'm famous and I still can't score. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> That's the, at least the rest of us have an excuse that we're just fucking shit munchers, but he was top of his game. Yeah. yeah. This is my high water mark. A slight, a slight sidebar, though, on that. I was talking to my sister during the week and she was like talking about pubs opening and she was like, well, what they're going to do now is have table service. Yeah. I was like, that is going to be the death of the Irish pub. Yeah. yeah. Like, it'd, it'd be like Toronto. I know it is. It is like in Toronto where you're just like, why do I like Ronnie so much? It's like, oh, it's because I have to go to the bar to order and I yeah, end up talking yeah. to people. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. I mean, but it'll only be until whenever. Like, so it's relative to not having the bar at all. It probably won't be the death of the Irish bar. Are they going to tip if there's table service? Doubt it. I somehow doubt that now and all. Yeah. Oh, I bet you it's going to come around. My favorite nah, thing about going home is, is not having to tip. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know, and seeing my family and stuff. But like, yeah. and, oh God, guys, remember pints? And they're going around delivering pints in Dublin now. In different I places. saw that. I didn't understand. I was like, why would you be bothered? Like, you get one pint and you're like, oh, that's great. Like, Jeez, that... I guess you get a few, but they wouldn't really. My buddy put up a photo of six six pints there and i'm like well there's three of us in the house like but fuck that um that delivery delivery man at the pints i just have this image of do you know when in, in the brinks van when they take money into a bank like they have to like <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> riot shields and shit yeah. this lad fucking delivering one solitary pint down the but road he's also walking really slow so he doesn't spill an ounce of it like i'd i'd say those lads are getting mugged all over the kip like <laughs> you don't really you don't really want a guinness i think if they were coming i'd be like uh, only guinness yeah yeah slash beanish but Slash-beanish. that's what they're doing in belfast they're pulling them out of the like they've got the keg in the in the van i guess but i wonder if it's bad for the the beer probably in, in the keg. Up around the place maybe yeah. guinness isn't so bad because it's not as uh carbonated or it, i don't know um, i don't know shit about shit yeah. All right, Greer, you want to give us your choice? Uh, sure. This one was easy for me because I, for whatever reason, maybe a month ago or a few weeks ago, on one of those messenger groups, I was like, oh, here's, here's this Cure song. And he's like, it's a really early Cure song. And he's like, I want to be old is basically the, the theme of the tune. And then I was like, oh, here's this other Tom Waits tune, which is basically saying the opposite. It's like, you know, um, I want to be young again. Um, so. I like the kind of juxtaposition of those two. But then I think we were back and forth and um, I was like, oh, I, oh no, someone said, uh, what about a song that's like describes wanting to be the the same age or just kind of happy with the age you are in a way? Love the one you're with. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, mm. but then I thought of one pretty quickly and I love the tune and this is, and it's not entirely about wanting to be at the same age. It's more about like um, that penultimate moment before you have to grow up and actually become an adult and actually uh, get out of your bubble of youth and take responsibility for yourself and make decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's sound by Smog. Well, Bill Callahan, who that he goes by I th- now. I thought that you would go yeah. for something like that. Yeah. Well, he's great lyrics always, but, 
uh, it's his last Smog album before he changed to Bill Callahan, uh, and it's called Drinking at the Dam. And that whole record, it's off. He kind of uses all these metaphors of rivers and, well, basically water. And this, uh, the whole metaphor of the song is like the dam holding back, you know, the power is too much. But like, you know, you have to grow up even though I want to just stay young and not have to take responsibility for myself, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he's drinking cans with his mates down at the dam. And he's like, in the end, he's like, oh, that was the first part of my life second is the rest and i always thought that was a fucking great lyric and i don't know and he's like i used to think women had orange skin <laughs> when he's like when he was young and he's like he didn't understand that and then it's like it's just gorgeous the whole thing and um it's just uh quite nostalgic in a way and i probably think that way still myself half the time the women so have half, orange skin no that i just still lost for the you know innocence of youth right in a way but i think everyone does in a way but you know the rest of the time you gotta be an adult but you know it's nice, nice. there you, you go. gotta you gotta you gotta be in your job that you've worked hard to yeah get stuck Keep in working hard at yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and women do often have orange skin so yeah especially, in ireland for sure especially in ireland yeah <laughs> and orange sheets <laughs> yeah it's crazy it was funny you're saying that tom waits wanting to be young because i only associate him as an old man like i know I, yeah i like, to picture him young and i can't he no. seems to be into being old as well he's like yeah like can like you imagine him like, getting more fucked up like gravelly and like yeah yeah it's called i don't want to grow up and uh, yeah oh i know that one yeah yeah it's on bone machine which is probably the first tom waits one i got my hands on somehow it's great, yeah. But actually, when he was younger, he actually had a really nice, smoother voice. Like he was almost a crooner, and like some of the, some of the, wow. some of the stuff, yeah. But he's adapted well to his uh, years, I guess. Yeah, seems to it's, suit him. It's nice yeah. to see a musician whose voice, not even not necessarily improves with age in a technical sense, at least like, yeah, goes in the right direction. Like you look at like Leonard Cohen, and at, at the end, Leonard Cohen's voice ended up. Not like weighty gravelly, but like he was bassier and, and, and had a bit more of the like grit to it. And he was I, kind of old when he started anyway. He <laughs> he was like in his early 30s, his first album. Ancient. Ancient. <laughs> um, whereas no, the God didn't. I mean. like for me, no, I know. Relatively. Younger. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Whereas Dylan and like his voice, his voice started kind of good. Like the earlier you yeah. go back, even before like his classic 70s stuff, even before like bringing it all back home or whatever, like his earlier stuff, I was like, oh, this guy can kind of sing. And he just, he's like got the, like a Benjamin Button skill thing where the more you do something, the worse at it you get. <laughs> he's releasing some new songs or did they come out yet? He's released, he's kind of continuously releasing them. He's yeah, released two a couple. Of them I think yeah. there's a third he's teasing. Them oh, yeah. Have you heard them? Are they good? Fuck no. No. What's about the JFK shooting? No. Um, right, maybe maybe Tom Waits is a, a, this week's contender for uh, was he even hot ever? <laughs> I forgot about was that. Was he ever really hot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Robert Smith can be up there too. Oh man, no. Robert Smith, that Nick um, Cave and the bad memes oh. or the sad memes or whatever. That one of Robert Smith on his bed is used all the time. Oh, yeah. There's so many Robert Smith ones, but some of the ones with Robert Smith, particularly the where he's got less makeup on, I'm like, who's this guy? And he's got, I'm like, this guy's got like a fucking jawline. Like, <laughs> Gotta look him up. Man has jawline. Robert <clears throat> Smith without makeup. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Googling Tom Waits hot. Please describe what comes up. For you well, both. Tom Waits is another shorty. He's quite, he's a short man. Um, is he? I wonder is he taller than Paddy Casey or not? Google that too. Oh, we have a new one. Was he ever even tall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's this one. This episode's uh, side theme. <laughs> Tom Waits yeah. is five eleven. He is that's not tall. That's tall. Well, that's the fucking internet tells me, man. Why well, does he come across like a gargoyle? Why do you think he's you so short? Tall, ugly man. I know. Maybe his but... band were all even taller. Maybe they were all six foot and yeah. up. Wow, that's the impression. Maybe he I was just got. really far away. Anya, did you find Robert Smith without makeup? 
Yeah, I moved on. Oh. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I Google. I Google Tom Waits Young after that. How did it uh, work yeah. out? Yeah, good. Pretty good actually. Uh, like on your fancies, Tom Waits when he was young. I like his wild hair. So he was hot before. Is that what you're saying? He's a bitch. Where is that? Where are we at with the pecking order now? For was he even ever hot either, ever? Um, mm. we had, I'm going to say no for Robert Smith. No, we had Van Morrison. We had uh, uh, Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan. Uh, who else did we talk about? Tom Waits. Now? Tom Waits and Robert Smith. I feel like Leonard Cohen come out on top there, did he? Would I think he? so. Yeah. 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 And then maybe. I like that you've got the running tally of this going. I've got and a great. It seems like you're, you're, you're gathering this information for some purpose, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's got behind the camera, he's got like a whole wall with strings going. From what, would I even, what would I even do with this information? <laughs> I know that's Sylvia, what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be big. All right. Well, Connor, you're responsible for our uh, back pocket theme this week. What did yes. you come up with? Well, I had a, this is my first time coming up with a theme and I, I went back and forth in some things and some of it was just so fucking like wanky, um, wanky record nerd um, that I, sh- I shied away from it. And I think, you know, the back pocket themes maybe have to be a little bit easier. Um, so I'm hoping this one is like, you know, is, is pretty straightforward. Um, so the theme is a cover songs, which don't sound like the original song. Can I look at my covers playlist or do I have to think off the top of my head? You can do whatever you have. So I, <laughs> obviously, I, you know, I, I had a bit of a head start in this one. Yeah. I'm going like to a can. All right. You, 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 you all go get a can. We'll take a five minute break and then you can think. And Hey, it's me, future Tara. I mean, I cut out a lot of this because, you know, nobody wants to hear us all go get cans. But also there was some you know, visual dynamite in the fact that we watched Greer knife open a can of Guinness and take out the widget and we finally discovered what was in that bad boy. Um, But yeah, no, I made the executive decision that that was not good audio material. So uh, apologies you missed out, but also you really didn't miss out. So covers that sound, you want them to sound completely different or just? Oh, I didn't think about this at all. Shit. So <laughs> You've just been ripping a can open. Yeah. I, I, I'll, um, I'll, uh, I can take this off and you can have a little think. But yeah, I mean, it, they don't have to, I mean, fucking whatever, you know, there's no wrong answers. Like um, you can either go with something that sounds maybe a little bit different that you really like, or maybe you don't really like it, but it's like drastically different to the original. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, and I've been thinking of some other like cover ones. What I, you know, I was thinking like covers, like a kind of a classic basic one is like, oh, a covers that you like better than the original, but that's a little bit overdone. Mm. So I was thinking that covers that you like that aren't like the most popular cover, you know, like, so like John Keel's version of Hallelujah would be a good one. But no, so for, for this particular one, for, for covers that sign substantially different to the original um what came to mind for me was uh, galaxy 500 who did a cover of jonathan richmond's don't let our youth go to waste um i've been listening to a lot of jonathan richmond lately he's oh yeah what albums the one where he's wearing stripes i jonathan it's yeah it's, it's like one of his good. best it's great i don't um, remember the names of anything but uh I don't know if I'd listened to John Richmond that much at, at, at this point when I got into Galaxy 500, but um, it's not, it's like a song that isn't like that well known of his. It's, it's like a, it's on like a odds and ends compilation. I don't know where they heard it. You know, the original is a cappella, uh, which Jonathan Richmond is prone to doing at times of time. And it's just John Richmond kind of singing off key. Um, so, the cover isn't and the cover's got like um an actual arrangement it's got an actual arrangement it's like a full band thing and it's quite like um it's one of these songs that's kind of almost less like a song you couldn't imagine like anyone playing the arrangement the galaxy 500 do you couldn't imagine anyone playing it like on an acoustic guitar it's kind of like the whole band thing and it's got like guitar solo and a lot of like mood and stuff and instrumentation 
And I remember I'd heard that one first and then I was like, oh, I must listen to this Jonathan Richmond original. And it's just him singing. I'm like, well, it's great. And to be honest, you can kind of imagine those two more than like a middle ground where it's like an actual song. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. Cool. Um, Mine mine is no surprise. I bet you you can guess mine, Connor. No surprise. Uh, Like I I just, I want to say Nick Cave somehow, but. No, no. The song that's just like was the banger of last year, the Ty Siegel, everyone's a winner. Oh, okay, oh, that's good. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a really good one. It's like so good. That was always my like Friday at four thirty. Listen to that song. Yeah, they nailed they nailed that bit like the that just sounds great. Yeah. Um, but it does still sound like you still know that it's the same song. Um, so then the other one. That I'm thinking. Can I say three? I have three. <laughs> Listen, we're just trying to eat up space here, so. <laughs> um. So the other one is um, Idols. That cover of "Cry to Me." That mm-hmm. song that's on Dirty Dancing. They do the "Cry to Me." Oh, okay. I just watched Dirty is... Dancing again. Yeah, you oh, should yeah. listen to this Idol song. I should actually. I never heard that cover. So. Oh, I'll send it to you. Mm. Like, um, it's very good. To the group. Because I remember listening to, um, when I listened to that album when it came out, this song just comes out of nowhere and you're like, why the fuck are they covering this? It's like a, I think it's Solomon Burke that they're covering. Like, um, would, would you know it's, like, so I don't know the original and I don't really listen to Idols. I don't I haven't I've maybe listen to that so album The once. original is like, um, it's like the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Like, how do you describe that? It's sort of like soulful. And yeah, it's like, got lots mm, of soul. Um yeah 50s sort of like sexy soulful music and then idols are just doing like an idols cover of it so you know what i'm wondering is like if you didn't know the original you didn't know it was a cover if you were listening to that idols album that came on would you just be like oh it's just like another idol song or does it sound it doesn't sound out of place on the album no no that's a i think that's a perfect example of what i was going going for yeah yeah, and they also have a reference to like um, carrying a watermelon in another song. And uh, Joe from Idols has said like Dirty Dancing is like one of his favorite movies. So I love that like they're just this like fucking great yeah. new punk band that quote Dirty Dancing and cover songs from the soundtrack. Too right. That's good. Pretty wicked. And then my last one is. I like Idols more now. I didn't know that. Uh, that oh, you didn't uh... know that. Um, and then the other one that I like that's just very different is um, the Downtown Boys do a cover of Dancing in the Dark. It's the only thing I know of by the Downtown mm. Boys. I don't know where I heard it, but it's very different to um, the Springsteen one, and it's really fun. So I'll share both of those. What um, can you describe it? No. Okay. Can you hear it? I don't know if I'm allowed to play this, but just wait till oh. I start singing. Wow. It's really nice. good. It's really good. That song's great. But, yeah. What, what I do like about your Ty Siegel one, I do agree that it's like, it's very similar to the original, right? And I went back and listened to the original and I was, yeah, you know, they've kind of got all the same things, but it's interesting how similar it is kind of on paper, but one is kind of, they're, they're two different genres. Like for, like the original is so like funk and Ty Siegel's version is kind of almost like heavy metal, mm-hmm. but mm. there's, they're not that different. It's crazy how it's just like almost like two sides of the same coin, but they're quite different genres too. I guess it's because it has that, the little, 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 that's like so key in both mm. songs. Like, yeah. Well, I think like it's almost note for note at times that like the, yeah. and they um, use, um, don't they have, they have saxophone in that as well? Ty Siegel, does he? Michael Cronin was playing the sax on that, I think. Could be. Won't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but I like I'm, that. I like that song a lot. Cool. I yeah. I had one that immediately sprung to mind, and I haven't really thought much else. Uh, was the knife uh, and Jose Gonzalez? Oh yeah. The, uh, whatever Ooh. that heart beats. Heartbeats. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, I'm trying to remember what the original was. The knife. The knife. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that which which actually, and that's a case of, thanks for jogging my memory, but like, that was a case of, it was it almost seems like it should be the other way around. Yeah, you know, so that's that's another interesting spin on oh, which one actually sounds like the original type of 
spin on the same original question. Yeah. I, I, I actually like, I really love that. I love the knife version and I kind of, that was kind of like the first song that I ever heard, which was like, it's like a traditional song. It's got these chords. It's got like a melody in played in acoustic guitar form. It's like, like a lot of other songs, it's a, but it is a particularly nice song. Yeah. But I love that the, like, it's just, just weird, like electro version, like the original. I'm like, oh, it's really cool to hear a song, particularly that I'm not like super into electronic music. Yeah. That's like a pop song, but it's also like, like just weird instrumentation. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to listen to those again. I haven't listened to those in a long time. Yeah, Knife's got loads of great stuff, and her what? What's her bloody name? Her Fever Ray. Is, Fever Ray stuff is really good as well. Um, I'm surprised yeah. that you didn't pick Cat Power for a cover. Are they too on the nose? Well, I could, I could still. Ah, they don't okay. sound that different, though. Uh, I mean, no. Well, she does the Uncle Tupelo cover, um, Moonshiner. But is that even an original Uncle Tupelo tune? I'm not sure. But she swaps the line in the original. It's like, um, "God damn, though, those handsome, uh, handsome women or pretty women. I wish they was mine." And then Cat Power is like, "God damn, those handsome men. I wish they was mine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like when people do like a cover of a song, and the genders are switched around, and they just don't care. Um, yeah. But I was listening to, I've been listening to a lot of John Prine, um, R.I.P. And um, that song, Angel from Montgomery, mm. is so good. Um, but it's sung from the perspective of a, of a woman. And he wrote it as well. It wasn't like he was covering a song written by a woman. But he sings it and he's just like, you know, I am a, one of the lines in the song is like, I am a young girl that comes from so-and-so. And it's like, he kind of pulls it off. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Or what? Like, I mean, I, there is this kind of uh, false assumption that the the writer of a tune is the also the protagonist. Or yeah, the, in, like which is, you know, a lot of tunes are not that, or at least a more mature uh, songwriter uh, goes away from that probably after a while. I remember, I like Daniel Romano, and he was asked he he was writing all these side country songs for a few records there just emulating all those george jones and country kind of greats writing barroom lonely sad songs right and of love lost and all this and like someone interviewed Daniel romano was like you know uh you know how do you write these songs like have you had a bad relationship break up or whatever he's like well uh you don't have to be have had that experience or if you if you do have to have had that experience to write a song like that, you're not you're not a very good songwriter. Is that is basically what he's saying, so, which was a real cool confidence sort of fucking, you know. But yeah, nice nice to look at it as well. So, yes. I know Scribius Pip always says that as well because a lot of his spoken word stuff they're just like poems. Who be it for? People... <laughs> Scribius <laughs> Pip. <laughs> Pitbull. Yeah, Pitbull actually like just, you know, he's a really good song. He, Pitbull really considers himself more of a slam poet than a rapper. <laughs> he, he, came up, he came up in the nineties uh, San Francisco slam poetry scene and then just <laughs> just like clicking his fingers, you know. Um imagine if I were seriously talking about Pitbull, that'd be really funny. But it's like it is like and you think about it, like it's it's weird like all those like old country mu- musicians and stuff like no one's had that much bad shit happen to them no it's like dolly parton's songs you know yeah. they're all like situational yeah. and i think it's one of the things that i actually think about that a little bit when i'm like writing songs and it's like you know how to make them authentic and if they should be like um are you know are you singing something where someone can imagine themselves there so it's a little bit more vague or are you just doing something that's really specific and i've listened to a lot of bruce springsteen and it's like bruce springsteen's fucking singing these songs about like you know i lost my union job at the steel mill but me and my girl are getting on my motorcycle and there i've never done any of that and it's like but it resonates so hard and they're also like fictional to fucking him but it's like it's it's it is a very good songwriter that can just like 
create this character that isn't them, isn't you, yeah. isn't necessarily directly relatable, but can really stir those emotions in you. Yeah. Yeah, they just make you believe it, I guess, if it's a good enough song. You don't question. And definitely John Prine singing about being a woman trapped in a marriage is like, that's peak. I don't even have to write it for the same fucking gent. I can sing this in a gravelly's, gravelly <laughs> man's voice and you'll be like, that poor woman. <laughs> uh, my heart goes out to her. Yeah. Her soul. She, she should see a doctor about her throat though she, she sounds like shit she's smoking 20 a day yeah, lay off the fags <laughs> McGraw what's your choice this was a hard one I was like um, I think I'm going to go with Bobby Womack's cover of California Dreaming oh I don't know I that think cover that's it's really good oh nice yeah very it's, different really good Bobby Womack from Womack and Womack. Yep, yeah. And California Dreaming's the Mamas and Papas. Yeah. Womack and Womack Shrimp Co. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Paul. Is this short too? Is this another short joke? No, it just seems like something that would be like painted on the side of an industrial unit or something. Anyway. What's what's the style of music that um, Bobby Womack's one? Because the Mamas and the Papas is like that's the kind of sunshiny. Yeah, his is more soulful. Like it's just him singing, and like it's just it's just good. It's it's more soulful. Actually, when I heard it, I was like, "Ooh, do I prefer this version?" Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes that the whole uh, flower power kind of era folky stuff seems just a bit dated de- yeah for sure dated and just kind limp, of limp car- wristed and kind of <laughs> Did you say limp biscuit limp wristed <laughs> yeah. well it's just become a it's just become a caricature of itself almost like it's hmm. not yeah it doesn't carry the same weight or credence maybe that it once did somehow yeah anyway yeah. Oh, he, I think, does a pretty good fist of the song. I am listening to it here. And it's multitasking there. Yeah. I can rub my belly and pat my head at the same time. <laughs> um, but it, it is good. It is, it is quite... It's a little more stark. Yeah. yeah. Well, shall we end it there then? You want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Au revoir. Salut. Excellent. All right, I'm going to stop recording.